0: get going how about it
1: this is the drive-in podcast take one bada bing bada boom Welcome to the 74th episode of The Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have The Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have our current best picture top 10 Oscar standings. First time we're trying out this segment, we'll see how it goes. Then we have our top billing draft, The Worst Movie Moms, out of inspiration from The Lost Daughter and Jesse Buckley, combined with Olivia Coleman's performance. Stay tuned for the short review we have today. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 74th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Episode 74 of the Drive-In is here. This is Dr. O on the horn. I am joined by the one and only Ricky Flix. Flicks. Flickster how did we survive the snowstorm this, uh, this uh, recent nor'easter that we just experienced thank you dr Rowe. doing well the nor- the snowstorm survived
0: survived happy that i didn't have to shovel i had a we call it one of those snow plows or uh no um you know like the uh, what are they called a blower blower Snow blower. thank you jesus yeah snowblower so i got to use that Are you
1: shocker that ricky's actually been he was born and raised in new england his entire life forgot what a snowblower was. well
0: because i never really used one I, i'm a shoveling guy myself but ever since my back yeah. injury yeah it's just tough there but yeah snow it's like i love snow and i kind of love snowstorms because i love just looking at it but then like when you have to go somewhere it's like oh wait i can't go anywhere so it's the worst so it's like i have a love hate with these snowstorms
1: so you could do nothing but look at the snowstorm all day Right. But like, you have to do stuff too. Yeah. So for me, when, I, when I, I, I didn't know when to actually go out and start shoveling because I don't have a snowblower. I'm, Huge one, of predicament. The, I'm one of the pores. And so like, I have a shovel and I have to go out there at some point to like sh- do my driveway. And so I'm like, do I do it like at three o'clock, but there's still snow falling on the ground. Do I do it like five o'clock? It's getting dark, but do I do it? And then have to go out again to do a light covering well, let's mm. say at like six. I don't know when to exactly go. So I got caught in a fortune fortunate circumstance yesterday. <laughs> I take out my shovel. I do my, um, my steps. I go to my front door. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was around three o'clock. And so it gets recovered again, right? Go back inside, come back out at five. Love I start shoveling. And then all of a sudden, like I'm starting to make connections with my neighbors through these like natural occurrences, natural. I don't want to say disasters, but through like circumstance weather and mainly by snowstorms. So my neighbor next door, who's, I want to say around 30 years old, I'm starting to shovel. Like literally, I want to say two scoops in, pulls up in his red truck. It's got a massive plow attached to the front of his red truck. And he says, Hey man, you don't have to do that. He's got a slight accent to him. He says, you don't have to do that. I got that for you. I'm like, no way. And so Basically, he he five minutes later, he comes, he comes out, does his own driveway, brings the plow over, does mine. I don't have to shovel a thing afterwards. But then I have to do my sidewalk. So I start going at my sidewalk so I don't get sued by the town, right? Start shoveling the sidewalks and everything. Cause obviously a plow won't get it. I start, I do one side, then I go to the other. And I'll, what do I see? Straight ahead, dead on. My neighbor. From about five houses down, coming down the sidewalk with his plower, Boom, 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 boom. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm not going to even have to do my sidewalk. So he came down, full community, coming together from the snowstorm. Basically, I didn't have to exert any effort. Usually, I like to like get a little sweat going, drink a protein shake after. But none of it was necessary because of how, uh, I guess, nice the people around me are. So shout out Plainville. Shout out Skyline Drive.
0: People like in the West Coast or South right now listening just can't relate. But I remember like just as kids like shoveling the driveway and like we would get like feet of snow, feet. And then we didn't have a snowblower at the time. And you just see the neighbor like using the snowblowers like, oh, maybe like if they're done, they'll come over here. And at least like just get the hard part at the front of the driveway where the snow, the snow uh, plow like puts in extra snow, makes it like even heavier and more snow over there. And like you're thinking it's like, all right, let's do that last to see, like, I'll try to time it for when that guy will come over. It's like, hey, like I could do that part for you.
1: Like, get and that it- guy to do the front of the mailbox. Like, that right. is the most tedious right. part. Like, front of the mailbox, that's what we got to get done. Leave that right till the end where the guy finally realizes, fine, I'll help out the right. eleven who can't get any- <laughs> who can't get a damn snowblower. As right. a kid, you think that, but like as you get older, now as a house owner, not a big deal. Like It's almost like a sense of shame a little bit because like, oh, we need the guy with the snowblower to come help do the drive. That's the part. You have to
0: give him something maybe in a week or. Yeah. It's like,
1: okay, I got to leave like a six pack and like a four pack in his mailbox or on the front step or something. (laughs) Even then,
0: like, do I get six or four? Do I get him yeah. a 30 rack of like cheaper beer? Like, what does what he like? You just Do saw me like him? Him.
1: You just saw me process that live. Whereas, like, six pack, four pack. Yeah. All right. Do I get like fancy beer? Am I just getting him some Mick Ultras? Is he trying to lose some weight? Is he trying to, is he a full, does on he does is he not drink? Is he a drink? Is he, was he
0: a, like an alcoholic? Like, he you don't want January, to ruin it.
1: Dry February. Okay. Maybe he's just off, off the poison. So, you know, you never know. All right. Complications complications but i'm glad we're both doing well our internet works we have power wonder bar Uh, a lot of great shows are on streaming right now ricky flex obviously we have episodes coming out weekly for shows like book of boba fett and peacemaker but then we had a full season of ozark drop on netflix ricky flex are we keeping pace with this prestige television ozark and then uh these two blockbuster franchises
0: in a word no I have to start Ozark this week. I haven't started. You it haven't yet. seen any of them? No, I because I don't know. I just been bouncing around, and I thought like oh, Saturday snowstorm. This would be a perfect time to just watch the entire season of Ozark.
1: The ent- this whole season. I can't yeah. believe you didn't do that.
0: So what I do instead? I watched four movies. I, I just watched movies. I didn't watch it. I, I'm just addicted to movies. But I will get caught up. That's my promise. I will watch so Ozark.
1: I, I've knocked out three and a half episodes. How uh, many I are think. there? Uh, I don't know. This I is the first know.
0: part of. It's like technically one season, even though it's two separate parts. This is just part one.
1: Part one of yeah. the two-part season, so I would assume around seven or eight episodes. But uh, Jonah's definitely in the running for like worst prestige television child. Like oh, he's no. definitely in the running right now. Uh, but he actually has a point, like. I know it's Skyler, are like when you, when, not, I almost said Skyler White, just because the most hateable characters, Jonah's not on that level, not even close to that level because you well, actually have an understanding of why Jonah is acting the way he is, but like Anthony a, Soprano yeah, no, he's like, he, he's no Anthony. Like okay. he, he's better than Anthony. Like he's way more, uh, you're, you're, you're more sympathetic for Jonah. Um, but you, I, I watched a couple of movies yesterday as well. I wonder if we matched up at all. Uh, what movies did you crank out?
0: Okay. So I got up, got up a little later because I stayed up late uh, the previous night. Turn on the TV. What was the first channel on HBO? What was on broadcast news? I was like, oh, I'll give it a run because like I, I haven't seen that in a while. I was like, oh, I'll watch that. That movie? I, I haven't seen that. Really? Uh, it was broadcast nominated news. for a bunch of awards. Like it was that was the I think the last emperor won best picture that year in 87. But yeah, like Albert Brooks, all time, like like a uh, uh, friend, like a. Uh, what's it called like you're like best friend like you're in love with your best friend but like your best friend doesn't love you what's that called
1: oh so he's friend zone friend zone
0: all the time like that was like a mastery of acting but friend zone
1: he just looks like a friend zone guy (laughs) he's just not very attractive he's friend guy like just that just matches up not very attractive friends with a girl funny that you're yeah
0: and like william hurts like the lead and he, he was like in his like Rock star status, like nominated like three straight years for Best Actor, so like, and he like was a stud, so it's tough like being next to ne- next to that guy. But I watched that. Then what was next on? Like literally right after. So I just kept the same channel on Hoosiers. So nice. I watched Hoosiers. Oh, so
1: you, you went you went old old school,
0: right? Yeah, and I watched Hoosiers. Then after that, what was on after that? Nobody. So I watched that again,
1: again. So back yeah. to back. Didn't to love it as on the pod.
0: Didn't love it as much the second time. I will say. But it was still it's, it's, like,
1: I, I think it's solid. I, like, as I said before, I don't think yeah. it's as special as people. Wanna, like, I think it's like it
0: a mid seventies, like decent, like it's good. Um, And then to round it out, I saw like a little clip from, of Sicario on Twitter. And I was like, oh, I have to watch Sicario. So I watched Sicario.
1: Is that streaming somewhere? I did see it. So clip, it's uh, uh, a filmatic, I think, posted something that made me want to watch it too. Yeah, exactly. it's streaming.
0: It's on Hulu with the uh, like live TV ads, but like there's no ads. So, like, I just went on FXM, FX, FXM, whatever. And I watched it, and no ads ever came up.
1: Okay. So, so if I regular Hulu, can I watch it? The one we have? We share one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I think we have, like, the
1: premium one. Okay. Interesting. Oh, Ricky's Ricky's what it pays for. It's like, I think we have the premium one. <laughs> like That's <laughs> a slight flex. From no, because
0: we have, like, that bundle with the ESPN Plus and uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah I- so, it was a movie I- marathon Saturday in the snowstorm.
1: Interesting. So you watch some older movies. I use the time to watch Ozark and also catch up on some new movies. I hadn't seen yet this year. Some that we're going to talk about on this podcast. I watched the lost daughter um, yesterday, man. Like, I don't know, like I, some, like it seems like the ultimate film for the artsy fartsy people. And it, it was just incredibly boring for me. Yes, yeah. performances combined with Coleman and Jesse Buckley were so good. We'll get into it later. It makes it worth watching, but not where like the rewatchability of that is like at a zero. Like I like I will never again watch. It's an unrewatchable, Star-er. It's an unrewatchable just because it's it doesn't have any like profit profitability or like box office box office potential compared to like. I mean, I, I watched Pig. That's another movie I watched right oh. before it. And that that, I find that way more rewatchable, and it once again it has a powerhouse performance with Nicolas Cage. But it's such a unique premise; like you're never going to see another movie necessarily like this movie. That's where it's like I want to see something weird. I want to get I want to get a little wacky right now. I'll throw in Nick Cage Pig performance, where it's something I respect that he's done, and then like uh, some of the stuff he's done is so wacky. It's like I don't want to return to it, but that's one it's actually worth coming back to. Right. So Pig, I watched. uh, I watched Coda. On Friday oh, night, I, I watched I that this Coda. week too. Unbelievable. I, I, think, I, I think like there are some awards consideration that needs I think, to be um, addressed for that movie. People are talking about the tragedy of Macbeth for Apple TV, but like Coda is the one that you need to be discussing
0: so right? much more. And I think it will. I, I know we're gonna talk about best pictures later, but like I think that might be the best movie of the year. That o licorice pizza, like that was insane. It's it's definitely like uh, it follows like the similar formula, like high school kid, right? But you throw in like just something that you haven't seen before really uh, execute very well and so it was amazing
1: my my so it first of all predictable as yeah. all hell um it has for, the temp- for formular- it has a, it has the template right of every great coming of age teen romance movie same template but modernized and more inclusive for a 21st century, 2022 exactly. movie, you know? And I thought they did an excellent job with that. And then Troy Kotzer was definitely the best part of that movie. Although the female lead was also uh, incredible. I, wish I, I knew her name. She yeah. will become that like memorable. And I loved her voice. Her, she sounds better singing Joni Mitchell's both sides now than actual Joni Mitchell does. <laughs> I downloaded it on Spotify afterwards. I'm like, I mean, the movie version like 10 times better than this.
0: <laughs> no, she was amazing. I, I, I don't think she'll get nominated, but I think Coda will get nominated Best Picture. I yeah. do think that will be in. like just a spoiler alert for the and talk about I'm
1: rewatchability because like it's you talked about it's formulaic, but it's like as I said... hits all like, the beats. It's, it hits everything, and it's got the the ending that like it will it, that's comforting to audiences, and they're gonna want to return to it. just like all those John Hughes movies, right. right? So rewatchable, Dude. like AMC cranking them out. This was I'm funny too, product, freeform, yes. Like-
0: like, Very even because like you obviously you're doing like you're watching people with disabilities like struggle. Right. So it's not like I was supposed to be a happy movie, but they like use that and a comedic effect as well. And they the do sexual tones
1: left and right. Yeah. Like add to the comedy. Right. Like, it's good. They it, did. They did a great job. I wish it didn't come out on Apple TV. If that, if that came out on Netflix, that would it, I mean, it'd be dominating discussion, in my opinion. I, I think, think so, I think. too. And I, like a and like if you had maybe a, a bigger name attached to it. Like Troy Kotzer is the only name you might recognize. But the the, like, what, the
0: mom, the mama, she's yeah. in other stuff.
1: I don't know the name though. That's that's yeah. the whole point. And uh, people are talking about tragedy, Macbeth, Denzel, Francis McDormand, Joel Cohen. But I mean, that, I, we reviewed it last week. It could get a nomination. We'll talk about that. Denzel would get his, but we shall see. Uh, before we get into the checkup this week, Ricky Flex, I also wanted to talk about uh, you, you. You've been watching oh, Boba Fett, dude. You saw Boba Fett.
0: Wait, Mandalorian?
1: Yeah, the Mandalorian intro into season three. It's just like, the,
0: that was the best episode and it didn't even have Boba Fett. So
1: what do you So, what do you think about this decision to have a whole episode of the Book of Boba Fett dedicated to the Mandalorian? What do you think about this idea? Did you like it? Did you hate it? What do you do for the whole series?
0: I think, speaking of formulaic, this is just also like a part of the Marvel-Disney equation here and now Star Wars. It's just now you got to watch everything. They're all connected. And I feel like that's what, Star Wars is beginning to do, like obviously with Boba Fett coming in and getting his own show. It's like you had to watch The Mandalorian to see that, but now they're doing it literally inside, like and advancing the Mandalorian story in that show inside another show, which I find like terrible. But it was also amazing to watch. Like it was great. It was the only good episode of the Boba Fett series, I think, in my in my mind. But I don't like the idea of it, but I liked it. They
1: kind of did the same, like that, like. It's so interesting because to me, the book of Boba Fett has been a, a like a, a disappointment, not a massive disappointment, right? But it's just been like a regular disappointment, it's kind of just been like an a average disappointment. It, if as the kids say, it's very mid, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like it's good or bad, it's just like it's just there. I feel like episode three left me with such a sour taste in my mouth, like even like episode four when you had uh Fennec Shand, like in that relationship being like, like, dove. they dove into it and they find Mm. out the origins of their friendship between Boba Fett and her. Uh, I found that to be interesting, but it still didn't exactly save what my my thoughts from episode three, what do they do? They bring in the one that made star Wars TV. So watchable and made the book of book of Boba Fett even possible with the Mandalorian. I just found it's so interesting because when the Mandalorian first came out as a series, you saw the look of the Mandalorian, right? Pedro Pascal wearing that suit and everyone, before the first season, said, "Okay, when is Boba Fett going to show up?" We wanted to see that so bad, and then we finally got the book of Boba Fett, and now we're saying this stinks. Give us the Mandalorian. We weren't sold on the Mandalorian at first. We want a book of Boba Fett. That's a Can good You see point. how we kind of we like reverse it now. Now <laughs> it's like we see the book of Boba Fett. And we're like, thank God we have the Mandalorian. I'm telling right? you, we can't satisfy any of these fans. But I'm so happy it was the best episode. It was yeah. the most intriguing, but it just had nothing to do with the story other than the fact that he sees Fennec Shand at the end.
0: Yeah, no. And that could have been done, like, saying, we need muscle at the end of season four. And then they just flashed to her, like, approaching Mandalorian. Not even have the conversation. You just get it as the audience. Like, oh, he's going to go work for it. You didn't even need to, like, have a whole episode dedicated to it. It was because that will help for the show. Yep. It's like, all right, that's, that's going to be a callback for the show. And what his point is, the premise of that season three is going to be from this episode. So you have to watch this. And again, I'm going to say this again. You got to keep the helmet on. Like, that's why You're the Mandalorian is it. so cool. Because the allure, like the mystique behind it, and the intimidation factor, the sleekness, everything. Him just having his helmet off all the time, just automatically turns you off.
1: Like Mandal- Mandalorian just looks so much cooler. than Boba yeah. Fett. And but like Boba Fett, yeah, and he's like Boba Fett's like like slightly out of shape. He's older. Yeah. Uh, his armor doesn't cover his entire body. Like it has that separation between like that doesn't cover his torso. Right. You know? It just doesn't look as cool. He doesn't have the cape. And then also we see Mando. It, it basically this was an intro. It's like an I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a prelude to the next season of Mandalorian, talking about the dark saber. Does he know how to wield it? Okay. And you have characters from the Mandalorian. Uh, previous Mandalorian season, right? That mm-hmm. woman who's helping work on his ship, <sighs> right? The 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 fighter, like the starfighter yeah. or whatever. She's so That was a cool callback to Episode One. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the pod racers, but just uh, it just it was just re- really really weird how he hijacked the series and how everyone's just like okay with it. We're just like okay, yeah, take it from Boba Fett. So we kind of just don't like Boba Fett, and we can expect to see Mando at the end of the series, not only just. Helping out Boba Fett, but returning potentially with Grogu. Of course, like they, they can't help themselves. Like Star yeah. Wars and Disney can't help themselves if there's like av- after the electricity of the end of season two of The Mandalorian. Are we just not going to have a, a cute little Grogu showing up, Baby Yoda? What do you think about the possibility of him showing up? I don't want him to show up. Like, Where do I? But it's, it's just so soon.
0: I want him to be like. This is what I want. If Disney could think, could think could think long term on this. Just, we could have. There's two options you could do: have a separate series with Grogu becoming a Jedi. Have like a coming of a He's gonna get a
1: spinoff as soon as he's able to talk.
0: Or he doesn't get anything, and then he becomes like Yoda, like, and he's a Jedi Master. And then we just flash forward to a movie, another Star Wars trilogy, and Grogu's at the center of it. And
1: Grogu is gonna be like the Yoda of episodes one, two, and three eventually. When they yes. decide, like, hey, let's make another trilogy for Star Wars to go after the sequel trilogy and what Ryan Johnson was supposed to do or whatever. Right? You can have Grogu be the Yoda episode one, two. like if people, you people are gonna come back and say, hey, you're replicating Star Wars again, like, no, 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 duh! Like that's what we Yoda. do.
0: But uh, no, but it makes like that makes sense. But if he goes back to the Mandalorian, then he can't be a Jedi, then none of this could happen. So they could lose out on billions, but on billions of dollars if they don't think long term on this. They're it's, thinking, oh, we'll take the millions here.
1: What they I wish they would do like uh Mando helps out Boba Fett and then it leaves him, like, okay, I'm leaving the planet now, right? Mm-hmm. To go find Grogu sets up season three of the Mandalorian. That makes sense. Him coming back, like Grogu coming back for Boba Fett, that just shows you they never think at no point did they think. Boba Fett could carry the series on his own. They just had no faith in it. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like they 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 basically threw out the idea of a Boba Fett movie after, like, we had the Han Solo venture with Alden Ehrenreich and Ron Howard there and Phil Lord, Chris Miller, like their whole like confrontation. They wanted to have a Boba Fett movie and they scrapped it. And yet they finally get this series. And it's like, man, thank God we never got a movie because I don't think it would (laughs) have panned out. Right. I really don't think it would have. And now we're having Mando come in, Grogu come in to kind of save it. Very um, fascinating. But I think it's way too soon for Mando to reunite with Grogu. They just left each other. Right. They right. just left each they other.
0: They just did. And he's a
1: Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Which... And like, are you going to have like a Luke series? Like I want to like potentially a spinoff of Luke, like potentially played by Sebastian Stan. Cause they look so much alike. And it's like the internet goes crazy for it. Yeah. Like him training Grogu. Um, but like if Grogu, once he's able to speak and he goes like, maybe a spinoff with the Mandalorian or just on his own, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah. i I've got, but it could ruin it. They got to make sure they get the voice. Right. Hmm. Um, all right. Uh, last thing here, Ricky flex. I, this kind of will build, will build into the checkup But scrat. I didn't even know this was the character's name from ice age. So the little squirrel with the nut, right. Gets yeah. frozen over. I, did you know his name was Scrat. I thought it was Scat, So Scrat. It might be. I think it's Scrat. Oh,
0: yeah. So,
1: so, yeah. So Scrat, seen in the Ice Age franchise, is no longer owned by Disney after Ivy Supersonic. Won a 20-year trademark dispute over the character. I made a tweet, like, responding to this, like, saying, like, because I just think of the, the squirrel in Ice Age. Like, I think of the squirrel. Like, Ice right. Age. I don't even think of, like, like Sid. I Sid's a good one, but I don't think of the Wooly Mammoth. I don't think of the Sabretooth Tiger. Yes, I think there- of... The, the squirrel so i made a tweet saying as a joke like hey no Scrat, no ice age franchise cancel the entire thing and i looked at my phone after i went to bed and there was like 20 notifications on that tweet um people go crazy for this character but i've never seen more than the first movie I'd they have so any, many any- movies and I'd they're seen- having
0: a show now right i think that was in the checkup last week
1: someone commented towards me i didn't dare respond to any of them because i was afraid i was going to sound like an idiot responding right. but they were just like yes like we can't you won't believe this dr o but there is a series out currently on disney plus that just dropped a scrap this is devastating right. for the character for the franchise and i'm just like that was like me like a little black kid who like looks to the side with the ice cream cone like what <laughs> like, i was like what are you talking
0: Verbal about Verbal mean but uh <laughs> But yes dude like who cares like i can't believe this many people care that they have so many shows like what did ice age come out like oh one oh two yeah i think 2002 like holy right. crap we're still going like we have more possums like what i think ice age like the meltdown
1: or whatever like a new possums and a whole a woolly mammoth female character came into play like what there's so we- many projects here ice age collision course ice, <laughs> ice age buck wild ice age, ice age continental drift Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ice Age, just Ice Age 2002, by the way. Ice Age, The Meltdown, Ice Age, The Great Egg Scapade. Oh my God, we're still going. <laughs> like, there's so many. And I just, I've only seen the first one. That's the only thing I think of. I've Ray seen Romano, two. I think of like the squirrel and Dennis Leary. Yeah.
0: And John
1: Lugazamo, L- Legazamo, Lugazamo. Is that how you say
0: it? John Lugazamo you pronounce it i think so like john with guy like the mechanic
1: in john yeah. yeah or like guy from super mario brothers play mario was that was he luigi next time. i didn't watch
0: that i never that seen like that
1: early 90s you, you never saw that no oh me and big mike our brother used to watch that yeah okay before my time interesting with uh bob hoskins right? dynamic yeah. duo that we didn't know we needed <laughs> all right check out let's get to it what do you say okay all right, so Warner Brothers rumored to begin filming Joker 2 in 2023. Uh Ricky Flex, do you want to see Joker 2? No. Quick. Now. I don't think I do either. Like, what are we doing?
0: Like again, it's just like what what on earth if you're not gonna introduce Batman here and this Joker, like might not even be like a the Joker, it could be just like the uh like a the one that inspires the Joker, the true Joker to come or whatever in the future, then it's like why do we have to keep building on this? I don't know what's going on. No, Joaquin probably won't do it right
1: well I mean so I, I don't many things going on I just to me it doesn't make sense because we got this rumors that Barry Cogan playing the Joker in Pattinson's movie so we assume like there was always murmurs like hey I wonder if Joaquin's Joker will influence a Joker that now is involved with the Pattinson universe that still could happen right that still could happen Barry Cogan could be influenced by Joaquin Phoenix or they avoid it completely it seems like. Judging by the interviews we've had with Matt Reeves and what's come out on social media, I don't think anything will be connected to this Batman universe. If it doesn't come from Matt Reeves, it does not, like, pertain to, like, obviously uh, his rendition of the Batman. Uh, But also you have, like, Harley Quinn coming off the Suicide Squad. Is she just never going to associate with the Joker again? Like, would you rather see Joker 2 or an eventual Joker in the DCEU with Margot Robbie? That's an interesting question, right? Like we know, I we're think, gonna get one in the Batson, but mm-hmm. would you? You can't have three. That's insane. That's like what we have. This with is, This is a problem. And it's too chaotic.
0: I think two's already too many. Like if we're not right. introducing but a like Batman. DC
1: EU. Right. Margot Robbie, like Harley Quinn, needs a Joker to go with it. Jared Leto, like I guess, could come back and still could exist. Like I guess, would you rather see Leto come back for the DCEU to oh, right, eventually bro. reunite with Margot Robbie, or would you rather see Joker two? with Joaquin
0: oh my god I it sounds so the, unappealing yeah like I obviously I don't want to see a Jared Leto Joker again in my life but I think I'd rather have that than Joker 2 it just doesn't make sense like you got to do it now because Margot Robbie's not gonna like she's beautiful yeah but she's gonna get older and Harley Quinn older Harley Quinn like come on now so we got to do it now so she needs the Joker now so you got to introduce one and we're getting bat. We're getting three Batman in the next flash movie. Like Jesus. we have, so we have a, a separate Batman movie. We got Joker, like too many projects that are not on the same wavelength. Yeah. And again, the flash could be like flashpoint and then just restart everything.
1: Yeah. So- I just don't like you have a Joker that Joaquin played the role when he was 46 years old in his origin movie. He's now going to be 49 when they film Joker too, if this is rumor is to be like, if it follows through, if it's if it rings true, mm-hmm. I just don't want to see a fifty-something-year-old Joker. I know we talk about Willem Dafoe playing the role. I don't want that either. I know I think Willem Dafoe's opportunity has come and gone. I know we all want to see it. We all love like the laugh that he portrays in like uh, as the Green Goblin his menacing smile. We know it would have been perfect if it happened in the mid 2000s. But we're way past this. We're way past it. And why would you have an imposter for Joaquin that's the same age or even it's older? He's older than Joaquin. It's like, why do we want to see an imposter that to carry up take on this mantle, Mm. basically trying to replicate another origin performance? It just makes no sense. Like, I don't understand it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just it's so chaotic. And yeah. also Matt Reeves like he's getting like 3 hour runtime, Like he's getting full control for, of this franchise from Warner Brothers. Shocker. That is shocking. But um if he's going to introduce a Joker there, we can't be introducing new Jokers.
1: Their priority's got to be the Batman.
0: Yeah, so like you got to like put all your eggs in that basket. So I guess like my preference is just to wait until this trilogy's over, but then that, then again, like then Margot Robbie's out of her prime the Quinn days most likely so it's just like what do we do
1: yeah you pick the uh, Batman <laughs> right no I think I think you just gotta go with the Batman. Like, I think that's where the, and I know Matt Reeves talked about a bunch of spinoffs that are actually in development right now, depending on the performance financially and critically for the Batman. A lot of people are expecting it to do well in both capacities, but you got to wonder what's coming after that. Uh, What do they have planned for the Joker character? And most likely it's not going to be tied in with anything Walking Joaquin did. Like, maybe it's great to leave the legacy that the original Joker did with as a, was it nine or nine, nine 10, Oscar 11, noms? Was, One, it, was it nine or 11? It was like something oh, was crazy. It? It was had the nine most or eleven. Of the year I think of yeah. any movie, and it was it a great is, year of movies. Right. It's just like don't, don't you want to be remembered? It's one of the most like critically successful superhero movies, and leave it at that. That might be the best move. Um, going on with DC here, James Gunn has approached the H- uh, HBO Max with an idea for another series built around one of his characters in the Suicide Squad. We've seen the success of Peacemaker uh, and what uh, the series has brought through the first five episodes. I want to say now, first five, five. episodes. Five. three released and two weeks after So Great. five episodes of peacemaker ricky flex what's another character from the suicide squad you want to see get their own series
0: uh like there's a bunch of ideas being thrown on social media like polka dot man and his mom um rat catcher the, the obvious one is rat catcher and blood sport doing something together just because of the rat phobia that uh blood sport has versus the kind rat of foils two. of one rat or two yeah so that Ratcatcher prequel with Tyka coming back—that would be pretty interesting. Like, I think that would be cool. But I think he wants to keep advancing these stories, so I don't think any prequels will be happening.
1: I think it's going to be uh, Bloodsport. That's yeah. the only. One. I-, I think it's the do only. Do you think just would... wants to? He might be Dex James Bond. I don't know. If I well, that goes with the same idea. He's just too old. I don't think he will. I think his time has come and gone. But like, fo- like I think he's going to get the bag if he wants to do. Bloodsport, like he's kind of like along with James Gunn, they've made yeah. that character um, uh, uh, they built it up enough where fans actually want to see more of it, just like Peacemaker. I think Bloodsport was like right next to him, like the best part of that movie. I don't think um, Daniela Melquire or I think that's her name, Melquire who plays Rat mm-hmm. Catcher, She's not as big enough of a name where like HBO Max is going to want uh, right. to put a hefty investment into her. Idris Elba you want to put him in a show with James Gunn like who's going to say no to that? Uh, and that's a character, maybe it's too similar to Peacemaker. I wonder that, wonder if the tones would like match up too well and it's not enough of something different. Mm. Polka dot man is something I don't really want to like It's just like the only one that's that carrying character,
0: yeah, like exactly. I was about to say, uh, the only people that could really carry a show from the Suicide Squad would be Bloodsport. I think Ratcatcher 2, uh, Mount Quar. I think she could maybe, but she's just not Quinn, big named. You did,
1: oh yeah, we could do Harley Quinn. Maybe a Harley Quinn series rather than a movie. Maybe she is like we saw what Birds of That's Prey did. That's a good did. idea. It didn't smash, uh, in terms of like
0: uh, start uh, start of profitability.
1: It, it didn't. Yeah, it was the very beginning of it. Very. I don't even think it was really impacted by. It came out in like in February, I think, was the release was. It was before <laughs> theaters shut down, and I don't think coronavirus we was like in our. Yes, it was in our back memory. It was. It was. It was like. It was kind of. We were aware of coronavirus, but wasn't it right. enough. It was going to keep us from going to the theaters before everything got shut down. It really didn't impact the box office whatsoever, in my opinion, of that movie. I will never. Forget. I just don't. I just don't think that there there's enough people that would like basically flock to the theaters like they did for Joker, for Harley Quinn. So just make a series out of it. It might be. Might you might see better results.
0: Yeah, and that was with Ian McGregor as like a co-lead against the villains. so it's tough. Mm-hmm. But um. No, I totally I think it's a great idea. But you remember that theater? We were the only people in that theater. Uh it was me, you, and our and uh Steve O. And after the movie, like when it hit the credits, I like was staring at the ground, scared to say anything because I hated it that that much. I hated, I hate that movie. And I mm-hmm. was like scared to say anything because I thought, like, oh, you guys might like it, but I hated that movie. And I turn around. And Steve O goes, was that the worst movie of all time? And I was like, thank <laughs> God,
1: someone else agrees. And I was like, yes, that sucks. No, no, that was not a good movie. Uh, uh yeah, just ah, terrible. And I, I like what the liberties they took with some of those DC characters. I don't think can ever be forgiven. Uh, mm. but if she's not with Joker, just give her a series. The series is, is a good ran. idea.
0: Let's do that. That is a good idea. I like that.
1: Uh, moving on here, Ricky Flex kind of keeping with DC Jason Momoa, star of Aquaman, is in talks stars the villain in Fast and Furious 10. This is this perfect or what? Flex, Scotty Furious,
0: <laughs> that's awesome! Good for him, good for Momoa. I think, uh, actually, I just said good for Momoa, but I don't know anymore. Actually,
1: I think this is great for him. Like, think, like I think I think
0: it's perfect, like casting. You think this is like great, like he doesn't want to be like his uh, career, yeah, you think so? Okay.
1: Well, uh,
0: I don't know if it is. This is a villain. He's Aquaman.
1: But he's, I would say this is tough because Momoa is coming off arguably my favorite performance and his best performance that he's ever had with Dune as Duncan Idaho. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's build off of that, not do this. Yes.
1: But it's Don Cena was just doing this. This couldn't be in the same type of category in terms of like, good for his career so it's like yes he garnered the critical acclaim with dune but if this was a regular year right we didn't have the pandemic going on dune potentially is a 500 million dollar plus movie right maybe even a billion in a regular circumstance so definitely i don't know if it's definite but i think it's it could be a billion dollar movie Close. uh but then we see what he's doing with aquaman first one garners a billion dollars second one you would expect to make potentially more than the first one. You I see what so, an international so. hit it is. I feel like when you're the villain of potentially the last like fast and furious movie, I think that lines up perfect. And he doesn't have to like bring that prestige level acting that's required on a Dune set where you're going at, like one-on-one with Timothy Chalamet and Oscar Isaac. You're just going to have to go against Vin Diesel, which means I was just, just going to have to do what John Cena did. Last right. Time. <laughs> I was just thinking like,
0: man, like he was just like in Dune. He's doing Aquaman 2. Like he's like ascending, I think, even though I don't personally love Aquaman and I don't think the like acting's anything special. He's still next to Willem Dafoe half the time, or like Patrick Wilson, who I think is respectable.
1: Yeah. So, so it's just like And Dolph Lundgren. Yeah.
0: But he's not really next I, to him. But, okay. <laughs> but uh and Nicole Kidman. But um is like advancing his career. And this is just like you're stooping down to a cast that like no like I respect Scotty Pierce, like plug your ears away for or close your ears, earmuffs for five seconds but not great actors tyrese ludicrous like they're not great and you're just putting yourself next to those people instead of timothy chalamet and oscar Isaac. yeah Eisenhower. momoa
1: doesn't care no, yeah. no he's more about like making people happy making right. money like right? i could see that him block but he wants right. to be a movie star he just i think
0: i think uh like I'm, i think of comparison who do i think of henry cavill superman doing witcher that series i could picture yeah. like momoa doing something like that
1: well, he does the C, you know, C on Apple TV that no one watches. Oh,
0: right. Right. Because like Game That's of Thrones his like, was just like, yeah, I was thinking like Game of Thrones, like that was his big like start point, like jump off point, his yep. breaking point. Get back to do something similar to that, but in the lead role. And then like Henry Cavill after Witcher, he could probably get back to maybe not Superman, but like back into being the A-list that he should be.
1: Yeah, so like this is definitely Momoa just capitalizing on who he is, you know, just capital. Like he he's a blockbuster actor at heart. That's just what yeah. he is. With and respect. Duncan Idaho, Duncan Idaho was the best opportunity yeah, he had at like, getting into that like prestige level, you know, at, at that one where he's like, oh, do I have a chance at like being in a movie that's nominated for best picture? That, that that like Duncan Idaho was a layup for him. Like it was just like the perfectly perfect opportunity to jump into like this more serious level of right. filmmaking. Um, Moving on, to what else we got here? We can flex. So, Tom Brady, interesting enough, we don't know if he's retired. There's been rumors that he is. Adam Schefter's kind of on the hot seat right now with <laughs> and his Jeff reports and Jeff Darlington. Uh, they're sticking with their reports, even though we have Brady's dad coming forward saying, like, no, like he's not retired yet. We have the Bucks, the like, general manager in their offices saying that he is not informed. Brady has not informed them of his retirement. So basically, it's still all up in the air. But with all the Brady news going on around social media, we did have a tweet that went out, a rumor that following his retirement from the NFL, Tom Brady's going to produce his first scripted feature film, which he's also expected to star in. Ricky Flick's good or bad idea.
0: Depends on, like, are we talking like Ted, Ted cameo? Or are we talking like Space Jam 2? Yeah, like, (laughs) like, that's the only thing I'm thinking of as space it, he's jam, starring. space
1: jam collab for space jam three, him versus LeBron, and I don't even know. And then like, just, they're like,
0: just playing, like, I don't know, uh, what's that sport? A uh, handball, team handball,
1: handball because they
0: both can do that, or throwing out like ultimate,
1: like, uh, like, uh, what's it called, ultimate warrior or something. <laughs> you gotta pick different athletes to come join you, and right? You, you do you do all them. a bunch
0: of different sports,
1: yeah. What maybe, if it's just it, like it, a what if it's like an American gladiators?
0: Far- what if it's like an artsy fartsy script, and it's like a <laughs> about like um like his tv twelve method, or like coming up with it, or like just like a doctor? Oh my god, something gosh. like that. Like his name isn't Tom; he's not actually Tom Brady, and he's but he looks younger
1: than he did when he was actually the yes. like age as he was. What if he does like a Deflate Gate like drama like drama film? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, you know. I, but what's what was the Paul Rudd show? They recast Luke Wilson as Roger Goodell. Yeah, from draft day.
0: What was uh? That uh clone show Paul Rowe was in, and yeah, himself. I, I don't uh, yeah, that was a good play. show. I thought
1: I, I don't know if that's ever getting I a season know. two.
0: I liked it, but I just binged that it was a quick, easy binge. But Tom Brady made an appearance in that, that was funny. Living with yourself, living with yourself, yeah. Tom Brady cameo on that, like saying that he clones himself to make him like stay young. look young it could
1: it could be something pretty meta i could see something pretty meta coming from him like talking about something like that where he's like oh he's so like advanced and like how his health is different than everybody else's what he's doing is like i guess like ahead of the curve and stuff i can see something pretty meta but i can't see him carrying a whole movie anything where i see an actor is like has his own production studio. It never really pans out well. I know people were like praising LeBron when he was doing it, but like he gave us Space Jam a new legacy. <laughs> and even though it was produced with Ryan Coogler, that had no hope from the start. Um, okay. Any? I think that's gonna do it for the checkup this week, Ricky Flex. Uh anything else you want to bring up or anything on your mind regarding movie news? <sighs>
0: Space Jam Two. That was just awful. Now that's on my mind right now.
1: Okay, we're done. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to our. Next segment, which will be our current best picture top 10 rankings. Okay, Ricky Flex, best picture contenders. I said rankings before. It's going to be more of like the movies that we think are going to uh, be announced as a nomination for best picture at the Oscars, which are due to happen in April. The nominations come out next week. Is that right, Ricky Flex?
0: Yes, February 8th.
1: February 8th. So next. Not this Tuesday. Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. Yeah, one so week from being, today. So what we're going to do, as I said before, I watched a bunch of new movies this weekend. Ricky Flick has already seen the movies that I just watched. We're gonna, we've seen, I would say, most of these contenders, and then we're going to create a top 10. Ricky, any top 10 contenders you haven't seen that you think are going to make this list? Belfast. Yes, that's the only one I've not seen
0: that sticks out. Yeah, I, I think Belfast is the one that, It's like, all right, that's going to be nominated for Best Picture and one of the top 10, but I haven't seen it. There's other ones that people are saying are like best movie of the year, but just didn't get wide releases or not yet at least, or they're not streaming anywhere. So like Drive My Car is one where I don't think it'll get nominated, but it should be. But just because it's not getting seen by by anyone, that's not going to make it. Neither is like Red
1: Rocket, for example. This is yeah, this should be interesting because dry let's start out. Well, Belfast, you could argue, is the leader going into nominations next week. Uh, this is interesting because most of these movies are were or are available on streaming currently. Um, Belfast was strictly in theaters, it was a VOD. All right, so it wasn't on Netflix, it wasn't on Prime, but it has power it's got strong performances apparently i've not seen it uh from Jamie Dornan uh Ciaran Hines it's a, a powerful story a personal story for director Kenneth Branagh who's been in industry for a long time i feel like belfast is that it's right up there with any uh for like the top 3 i would say to win best picture yeah uh you just, you talked about drive my car i left i'm going to leave drive drive off, we are going to leave drive my car off the top 10 just because if a foreign film is going to be in that rankings, like it's going to be uh, on this list, right? If it's going to be nominated, it has to be garnering a lot more attention right now at this point. Like in Parasite did. Parasite, Parasite
0: like it, <laughs> it won the, S, uh, uh, the SAG, uh, SAGBEX picture, or it Parasite, won one of the best pictures there.
1: Parasite had garnered like $50 million in the box office, okay? People were aware of what Parasite was. Yeah. I don't feel like people drive my car. People are saying it's the best movie of the year, but it's not garnering enough attention from the everyday movie goer. If you listen to co- like podcasts, like even uh, that take movies even more seriously than we do, they will say drive my car is the best movie of the year, but it's also not available on a streaming service. So you're not the everyday viewer can see it, right? You got to have screeners to see it, or you just have to have some type of uh, hookups that we don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. So drive my car. We're leaving off the top 10 belfast on the top 10 so
0: i was just thinking too about this this weekend because i was pissed i can't see like all these movies right now that are like in the conversation for getting nominated or just regarded as very good movies that i want to see it's just like the oscars what they should do like they're looking like people to increase um like viewership of the oscars it's like somehow like talk about movie theaters and these studios and like re-release these movies in the month of march and like every, like have them
1: usually there. they do, like they do know. have or the like, re releases or like they'll, they'll be back on stream. streaming services, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, probably
1: like Nightmare S- Alley is coming February to HBO yeah. Max, right? Yeah. Whether that we'll talk about that one in a bit. Uh, last duel came out just the last month for HBO best Max, two. okay? But I think we're going to see more of these movies returning, but also uh, returning to theaters. So, streaming and theaters. But other than Belfast, Ricky, what do you think is up there for the strongest contenders for Best Picture? What can we add to our list?
0: I So, do you want me to give you like the strong...
1: The Just give me one more.
0: Power of the Dog.
1: Okay. Which we reviewed. That Available one, on
0: Netflix. That one dominating conversation right now for awards. So, I think that one will be as right now is the leader in the clubhouse right now
1: right so you got a best so uh best lead actress kirsten dunst nomination coming you got probably you do have a it will happen but benedict cumberbatch for best actor okay two powerhouse performances you got a director with jane campion who who's respected immensely by the academy right it seems like it's lining up extremely well and a story that is on uh I don't want to give I don't want to do any spoilers, yeah, but a, yeah. a, 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 a movie that is relevant to 2022 and uh our modern slate somehow connecting it as a period piece to early 20th century films or uh settings. So power of the dog definitely gonna be up there. So Belfast or Power of the Dog, even though we haven't seen P- Belfast, what do you think would be uh voters would be more intrigued to vote for?
0: I think Power of the Dog would get it because of uh, not just too. the story, but also. You could actually see the movie, <laughs> like Belfast. Right. You can't stream it anywhere, and I think that plays a role. I really do, especially with these older Oscar voters.
1: Belfast, Power of the Dog. What do you think? What else is out, out there that's the definite will be a nomination lock?
0: West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. You know, Good. like West Side Story was the like nominated for ten or eleven Oscars, won ten of them. Like unbelievable achievement in the first the first time around, and then Steven Spielberg movie anything Steven Spielberg probably going to get nominated for best picture. Like Warhorse horse got nominated for best picture for God's sakes. This was going to get nominated. So yeah. Like what else can I say? Like, I think that, I think the acting actors might get snubbed, but the best picture that's a lock.
1: Yeah. So I think Ariana DeBose won for her golden globe, right? For best supporting actress. Did Rachel Zegler win as well? Golden globe.
0: I don't know, but she got I was talking about I was mainly targeting her as the snub because it looks like she's not gonna get nominated for an Oscar right now, as it yeah. looks so today.
1: It, it's a close race for that category, especially when we look at this like the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Association. What, what what else is happening, all these awards that are coming out, people like analyze them so closely because usually they're indicators for like the Oscars. But I think West Side Story's gotta be on there, especially for a rendition of West Side Story that people are looking is looking at as better or an improvement on the original, which nearly swept the Oscars. Okay. Right. So West Side Story, that'll definitely be on our top 10. Uh, I'll throw out another one. Just go with the obvious, talk about big time directors in Hollywood. This is probably the, the big four for me. Licorice Pizza, I think will be on there from Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay. I uh, feel like everything PTA touches can potentially become uh, an Oscar nominee this one is a, might be uh less of a chance just because it's more personal of a story it's not a period piece set like most of his other films but uh i think what he's done with licorice pizza and the way it's been re- like, uh, received by audiences and uh it's kind of different so not more of a lighter tone than his darker tone that he usually has and less edge to his stories i think this is definitely going to be on there
0: i agree like definitely a nominee do i think it'll win i don't think it has enough like the lead actors, actors aren't stars. Like As in right now, I don't think this, that will get them over the hump to win. But nominated for sure. This is my best movie of the year.
1: Like, this is tied with Boy Side Story for me for favorite movie of the year. Yeah. So I think this is a lock in as well. Oh, wrong. Sorry. My next one I'm going to talk about is, was my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Right, Coda? No. Oh, that was my like. Wow, but let's go with more of a lock here because I think Coda. People will say like, and "That's iffy." Coda is iffy because Apple TV. Not as many people have seen it. I had no idea what the story was until I asked you about the movie. Like, I don't think people know what Coda is. I guess some people would if they know what the acronym. But uh, Dune will definitely be on there, right? Dennyville and the Wave, uh, one of the best adaptions. Like, best. We got to watch out for best adapted screenplay for Dune. Right. Uh, that's actually know.
0: a really good point. I think that that I Dune will win for like the visual effects, cinematography, like everything. Unless Jane Champion like like takes something, like steals one away for Power of the Dog, but um, Dune like just the ensemble here and how well it was made, and to the core text and it's only part one. I think they might wait until the second one comes out and then it wins like Lord of the Rings did, Best Picture and sweeps the Oscars.
1: Yeah, I'm nervous for that. Visual spectacle. And as you said, it's going to win all those technical awards. It's not going to get nominated for any acting categories. I feel like the only one that could potentially get nominated would be Oscar Isaac. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, and it's hard to win a best picture when you have no one being recognized for their acting. Yeah. Uh, so I think Dune's going to be recognized. It is an achievement. So I think it's by not getting really any recognition for best picture, best adapted screenplay with it a, a book that people didn't think was really possible to be adapted into a film or two. So yeah. it should be uh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, like
0: you hear the next the rumors of the next ones Zendaya and Timothy will be like the leads and like that will be their movie and like Zendaya's movie. So like there you can get, okay, second part, which you're expecting to be better. It concludes the story. You'll have the ensemble, most of them back again and you'll have your actual lead characters being the lead and getting an opportunity to get Oscar noms. Which can help right. catapult you not only to get nominated for Best Picture, but to win it. So that's why I really think this second one will really be the one for kind of sweep the Oscars, maybe perhaps.
1: Right, and we'll see how Zendaya does in that role. Like I think everyone's on the Zendaya train. Everyone's been watching Euphoria, not me, but a lot of people have been watching Euphoria, and uh, they're gonna want to hail her as one of the best new up and comers, right, alongside Chalamet, right, uh, but. That, I think that's like, the, those are the five locks. Belfast. Oh, Power, uh, I think there's another lock. West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, and Dune. Uh, I think there's another lock. lock. What do you think another lock is? Right King now? Richard. Think, so I think that's the, a lock. I think it is. I think that would be the next one on my list. But it's so weird because I think people, I, I mean, I kind of forgot about this movie a little bit. HBO Max, I blame them. Because yes. they take these movies off of streaming they're like i get it like you want to have people watching them in the short amount of time rushing to the streaming service Mm -hmm. but you got to put dune and king richard back on asap
0: yes like how
1: can you not do this before the nominations come out how can you not like at like right when january 1st comes on okay king richard dune back on make people like uh, eligible to watch your movie you're like what kind of service are you doing your viewers and someone that You're not doing like the simultaneous like uh releases anymore between the streaming service and theaters, just put them back on, right? Don't you want to garner attention for these movies? Like it's only gonna do good. So um, King Richard powerhouse performance. You're looking at Will Smith as potentially the uh favorite alongside Benedict Cumberbatch probably for best actor. Uh, any other case you want to make for King Richard?
0: No, I I think the Performance, not just Will Smith, but the ensemble performances were all great enough to be a lock here. Not just nominated, but a lock to be nominated. I am a little worried, like for Will Smith, because nobody has been talking about King Richard for a while. So he needs to start campaigning. Like get on the campaign. Trail, I just
1: forget, I, I just kind of forget moving. about it a little bit. Like Dune was enough of a spectacle where people aren't gonna forget it. King Richard was not a spectacle. It's goes it's a biopic, right? You got to keep people like uh, you have to keep reminding people about this movie. And people are only thing they're going to say is Will Smith hasn't gotten the Oscar. Wouldn't how tragic would it be if he didn't win the Oscar again? Like, like you got to keep reminding these people, right. you know? Um. So one, two, three, we got six right now. What do you, what would you put as the seventh uh, most likely to get nominated here at Q flex?
0: You aren't going to like or this. the back half here. You aren't going to like this. I think this is like a, not a lock, but the closest thing to a lock. We'll see if it's we match up. Um, don't look up.
1: I had the same thing.
0: Don't look up. It looks like ensemble. Did it win? I think it won for best ensemble, which is like just like putting a cast together. So like there's just so many stars in this movie that it had to win. But it looks like it looks like the Academy likes Adam McKay. Like as in to get noms like I think this looks like it's going to get nominations and everything. So I'm going to put it in that like not a lock just because it's not a good movie, but it's kind of a lock based on how all the trends right now.
1: Yeah. So I think you got a a favorite director of the Academy with Adam McKay. He's been recognized for the last two movies he's done with Vice and obviously the big short you got Leo DiCaprio at the helm, return of Jennifer Lawrence, who's been nominate, nominated for three or four Oscars as well. Kate Blanchett in a supporting role. You got a movie addressing climate change and one that's garnered a lot of attention, even though it's been mainly divisive on social media uh, and uh, just overall, especially with reviews. I think uh, it's going to garner a lot of a lot of Best Picture sure. discussion um, by having it on there. A lot of these are just like. This, if you want to put one op- up there, that's not like it doesn't fall in line with like, oh, Power of the Dog and Belfast is when you look at that movie. Oh, that has like the uh, template or the formula of a best picture contender. This one's kind of out there at the Netflix opening. Okay. So I think it'll just garner conversation. That yeah. They
0: want. Yeah. Came out Christmas time streaming. This movie, was probably besides comic book movies this year, was the most viewed movie of the year, most likely. It looks like it was definitely the most viewed movie on Netflix. So that also helps, and you know what also helps, like like obviously helps getting attention or like having people talk about your movie. Memes, the meme of Kate Blanchett like saying like I slept with the president and I did this, and then yeah. you then like people like filling in the Leo part. I agree. I think that helps and it just drives the conversation towards that movie again. Whether it's people, good or bad, people
1: are gonna see that like they're gonna look at this whole list of movies and they're not gonna have seen any of them, but they are gonna have they're gonna recognize the Kate Blanchett and Leo meme. They're going yeah. to recognize that. So you know?
0: I think that's good as in good for this movie. Not good for me because I hate this movie.
1: Yeah. So I I, I think it's going to get nominated. I would have that next on my list. Imagine
0: if it won. Imagine if they gave it to <laughs> Don't Look Up. That would be for Adam McKay's first one.
1: You know, this would be similar. It has, it's, the movies are nowhere similar, but like the divisiveness of these movies, it reminds me of when like Bohemian Rhapsody was getting, garnering all this attention following the golden globes. And then yeah. it won a few Oscars. It won best
0: editing when there's clearly editing mistakes in the movie. Yeah. So it makes just, no it, sense.
1: It, it just, to me, it has like the divisiveness factor that that movie had where people didn't understand why so many people loved it. Right. And th- like, it's just, it's going to potentially win. And like, so steal a couple of awards from these movies that might be a little bit more deserving, but uh, that's seven. We need three more Ricky flakes. I got three that will probably will get nominated um i guess i will throw out on the next one tick tick boom i think we'll get nominated i,
0: I think, think so too but i think for me that's like number 10 as in like that's like the last one I, if i if we were doing like an order yes that would be number 10 for I'll, me.
1: I'll just give out my other two and just see if they match up okay i would have tick tick boom at around 10 i agree with that probably being the ricardo's at eight coda nine tick tick boom 10 that would be the next three Agree or disagree?
0: I agree. I, I agree with all ten. I just think I have a different order for all of them. As in, like if I had to predict the top ten like in a row.
1: But so I think being the Ricardos would be ahead of Coda because of who's associated with it. Nicole Kidman, who's See, won an Academy Award. Javier Bardem is an Academy Award. We know the Academy; they love Aaron Sorkin. Right? You love. got a, a biopic story on a famous Hollywood figure and we know how much the Academy loves Hollywood. It just, you, it just has that feel and you have a potential best actress women for Nicole Kidman. Uh, I, I think that's, it's almost a lock. I, it's pretty close to being a lock Um, right next to King Richard. I think. I think,
0: I think it's the same thing as don't look up where like, I didn't love the movie. I didn't hate this movie. I hate this movie. I don't hate this movie. I just don't love it. I don't I think don't like it, it, it worked very well. Let's talk about it. But yeah, I just don't think it, like I, I did, I kind of did like the performances. I didn't think they were that bad. I thought they were good. You I know, thought, you know, that was fun.
1: Like, people are talking about Nicole Kim and how awesome she was. I really liked Javier Bardem in this I person. did too. And
0: like, I understand, like, oh, like he was, that's not like Ricky Ricardo like, or anything. Like, he couldn't pull it off. I don't
1: care. Like, cause I didn't know them. Like, yeah, that's a, us watching it. We don't watch the reruns of I Love Lucy or anything, but he was so charismatic, right? And he really leaned for, into the Latin American type of yeah. character. For the,
0: yeah. That entire week i was just thinking chick, chickie-boom, chick, chickie-boom. like the entire week yeah. i was thinking of that scene and that song and how well he sang that
1: and i uh, like um, people i think are kind of criticizing like the power he actually had at the studio and like we said actually believable i do agree with that in some regards like he's basically running like cbs studios like at that time and like desi arnaz this guy who was supposed to be either treating him like as Uh, the movie's like trying to say like he is Latin American so he can never be a male lead yet he's controlling the studio. It kind of like, it kind of goes against like some of the themes I think. But uh, I didn't like the ending of that movie. I didn't like the Jay Edgar part. It seemed like a, oh, gotcha moment that they wanted to get you. Like, oh, I bet you didn't think Jay Edgar would be on the phone. But I just thought like that was really random and I didn't think it uh, was a strong ending to that film. But uh, I love Bardem. I love Kidman in it. And uh, I think it was interesting because I love Lucy. We just—if you don't know personally, and you just watch her on the show, you think he's, she is this one person who is like bubbly and just laughing all the time, likes to crack jokes. But when you see her on the other side, you see how tenacious she could be. I like that portrayal and that aspect a lot. Nicole kidman is one of the uh, the modern goats.
0: Yeah, I—I I honestly think she should win, maybe perhaps for best act, actress. I'm not—I'm not gonna put my stake in the fort uh, stake in the ground for that yet but i think being the curse like you said all, all the things line up they love the academy loves aaron sorkin love movies about hollywood this is and like this is being seen on prime video so I right. think it hits all those notes to get a nomination, not win.
1: It but. had that it had it, the family, like the like the parents, and grandparents saying, "Good I love I love Lucy." And then like, "Oh, let's watch this." Then, "Oh, it's got Javier Bardem." All right, let's go watch this. Right there's Tony Hale. It's the guy from uh, for Arrested Development, you know. Or it's the guy from Veep, and so it's J.K. Simmons. Like it's got like yeah. those watchability factors. Um, let's talk Coda. Let's talk about Coda.
0: I so have we, this above, uh, like this is my number eight. Effect. I think
1: so. I'll, like I'll, the, way I ranked them, the way I ranked them is not based on how good the movie is. Right. It's not Same. the way I did it. It's like the most likely to get a nomination. Agreed. The thing about Coda. Uh, first of all, I, we said at the beginning of the podcast, I love the performances from, I, I got to look up her name. Cause that's disrespectful. If I don't know her name. Uh, the performance of uh, Amelia Jones. Right. Nope. Is that right? Yep. Amelia Jones as Ruby Rossi. And then Troy Kotzer as her dad, Frank Rossi. I really, um, as I said before, the rewatchability of this movie is maybe more so than any of the movies on this list. It's got the teen romance factor. It's got the template of most John Hughes movies, but um, it has the more inclusive factor uh, as a story that uh, I guess it's kind of rare. Like I didn't know it was a child of deaf adults. I didn't know that was the acronym going into the movie. I was pleasantly surprised the one thing, uh, well, first of all, I'll just get your initial thoughts on the movie. Were you, I, you're a big fan of Coda. What do you like about
0: it? Yeah, no, I think I, th- I think I, you kind of just harped on all of them, and we talked about it before. So, like, I just think it's amazing. Like, I thought it was very, very well done. Like, again, it was formulaic, right? Hit all those notes, hit all, all those beats, but you just throw in something like, a, like a uh, not an issue, but a topic like this and bring an awareness to it and things like that. Just really, that I thought they did a great job. Including that to this formula approach, and of course, like there's some parts of it you're just like, oh, come on, or something like that. But again, like for the most part, I think it was very well done. One of the best movies of the year for me, right behind Licorice Pizza for me personally.
1: I like what they did in terms of like uh, recognizing the experience of a deaf person in certain like situations in life, like when they're watching her towards the end of the movie performing, and then like it was th- you didn't get to hear the performance. Right? It was a genius move by the directors, in my opinion. Where and we already just- heard
0: them sing that song a thousand right. times. So I having, thought it was very good.
1: It was just pure silence. And you see the struggle that they have to go through and like how it's hard to just focus on something that's not even there for them um, of a whole deaf family. And I, I love the, the finale. It was like, had you in your feels when she starts singing and then she's doing like the uh, ASL as she's going. It's beautiful stuff. I thought it was a great um, ending to that film. What I didn't like, I didn't really like the teacher in that movie mm. i think the teacher did not act like a teacher acts i thought what the way he acted it was just like he only cared about like one two kids in the class like it feels like they try to make him look like i'm a teacher so I, like, I know how teachers act i am a teacher and like seeing him do that i'm like this is like such like hollywood bs like it's just like nowhere i, like I don't like it when they they have the teacher as a central character in the movie but they don't even act like a teacher supposed to they don't care about the other kids they care about one kid and like helping out one kid in this movie it's like a teacher is not supposed to be that abrasive. Like, right. like it's just this This guy was kind of a, a jerk, you know? Yeah. I this think that was like definitely
0: that. Uh, like that was supposed to be like interesting and fun. Like seeing that character, like kind of like them fight and battle between each other and their banter. But yeah. I don't know. It kind of cu- caught me out. Like uh, didn't rub me a little bit the wrong way. As, as I well. do not
1: like it. I didn't like it. Um, tick, tick, boom. Last one on our list. Uh, I think it will get nominated. Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> People love Hamilton. They love themselves some Hamilton. They love Hamilton. Uh, and we have another story, uh, a story that focuses on the AIDS like uh, epidemic, or uh, at the pandemic, right? The AIDS pandemic during the eighties. Uh, it's got uh, themes of homosexuality in it. Uh, it seems like the Jonathan academy, Carson, like the rinse. idea of in- the idea of inclusivity, like in this day and age. Jonathan Larson, his story uh rent such a popular story i think uh play i think this is like pretty much lined up to get a nomination i think it's and andrew garfield's had such a i mean I, it seems like everybody loves him so much he's had such a great everybody. year with spider-man and this it's just like i feel like it's i, I personally i'll say it actually take tick, tick boom i think it's more likely to get a nomination coda
0: i think it's like right behind it i i think honestly spider-man helped Spider-Man helped just because it's like, oh yeah, Andrew Garfield. I do love him. A lot of press. Oh, tick, tick, boom. He was great in that nomination. A lot of press for him right now. Helps with campaign trail for him himself and best actor. I think he will get a nomination for that as well for this movie. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, you said it yourself. Everyone loves him and his music. I think he gets the nod here for a nomination.
1: Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I mean- he's kind of like people just respect him. Right. They just like him. Like yeah. like Hamilton, they had made in the Heights. He wrote the music and produced that film. He, that was his play. Right. In the Heights was my Moran Miranda play. Yeah, I think so. Right. And so now we have his directorial debut with tick, tick, boom. Right. And uh, people are going crazy for that. Also released on Netflix and just widely seen. And people love them. Some musicals on Netflix. Um, let's go over some of these musics that are just these, these lists that's just off the top 10. Uh, so let me just read the top ten, so we know where we're at. We got the contenders we think that will be announced next Tuesday for the Best Picture. We got Belfast, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, Dune, King Richard, Don't Look Up, Being the Ricardos, Coda, Tick Tick Boom, Ricky Flex. I think we're gonna nail it. I think that's like right on. I think that's yeah. right on point. I'm
0: trying to think who could squeeze in there. I don't think so.
1: I don't think Tragedy. Macbeth tragedy mcbath we reviewed in. last week i feel it's too the the concept like i mean uh the 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 adaption is just so foreign to like everyday 22 2022 yeah. viewers and like they just don't understand the movie <laughs> even though it's a very like simple premise drive my car not enough people know about that foreign film uh, lost daughter we could talk about a little bit if you want here
0: i could see that squeezing in uh you would have to kick out for me, it's tick tick boom Rakota. So yeah, like I could see that, but Netflix is already getting seen with don't look up and tick tick boom, and I, that I think are higher. So it's not like they have to get put the lost Daughter in for Netflix, you know. Like I, I think we, I think where we are is good.
1: And we gotta see, like, I don't think they want to hail too many Netflix movies because they do, I think the Academy does care about the movie theater experience. And I don't think they're good gonna point. nominate. Like an overwhelming amount of streaming movies. They want movies that have hit theaters. Uh Lost Daughter, Olivia Coleman's gonna get her recognition with best actress. Um but I think Jesse Buckley is anyone discussing her for best Yeah, like, no. supporting
0: That's, this is my other thing. Like, it was Olivia coleman's birthday yesterday too. So maybe this is another reason why but people are just obsessed with her like obsessed. And I'm like she was good. Like she, she was very she, good. Dude but she is she, like
1: our generation's meryl Street.
0: Yeah exactly But I think that Jesse Buckley is really good in it, too. Like, I don't understand why she's not getting anything. And again, like, it's tough when you have, like, if we want to do the Meryl Streep comparison, when you have Meryl Streep in your movie, it's tough when you have Olivia Coleman in your movie, you know, taking that top billing away from you. So it's just, I don't know. But I don't think it squeezes in, but it could. I I wouldn't be shocked if it did.
1: So have you seen any other of Jesse Buckley's films? Have you seen, um, I'm thinking of any things?
0: I saw the first like 30 minutes, so boring. I, I didn't finish it.
1: Man, like, I think she's got a promising career. I really do like where she's headed. I feel like I'm seeing her in more and more of these like prestigious films. She's alongside, she's playing basically the same character as Olivia Coleman here. I feel like when I was watching them though in this movie, I didn't necessarily think they were the same person some of the time. Yeah. It just looks so different. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I just, it's kind of mind. weird, weird with that. The vibes were weird. I don't know. It's just something seemed off and it wasn't because of the acting. It's just like, just looking at it, you know?
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I just, I, the movie was so boring though, too. It hit some lulls, like real lulls. Uh, And I just, it just made me think, I just couldn't, I'm like, she's such a terrible person as I'm watching this movie. Just made me hate her so much. And it inspires the top billing for today. Um, what else are we leaving off here? So let me go back to the list. Uh, right, Spider-Man: No Way Home not going to make the list. Sorry, Marvel. Sorry, Black Panther was a phenomenon when it was announced. I, uh, I, I think, I think the way it was inclusive and what it did for um, acting opportunities for African Americans and like what it meant to them, it made sense. The accolades it was getting in the nomination, Spider-Man won't receive that heavy reliance on nostalgia rather than original concepts. Uh Nightmare Alley. Do you think Nightmare Alley has any hope there any hope for your boy uh Bradley Cooper?
0: The more I think about this movie the more I like it. But no, I don't think there's any hope. There is hope. I I do think he gets a a nod for supporting as of right now for Liquor's Pizza, which is crazy. Wow. I am thinking that. It seems like it's leaning that way.
1: I think he's going to get one for Liquor's Pizza over Nightmare Alley. I don't think we- I don't think it's a shot for Nightmare Alley. I, I I think ah, I hate saying that, but I I, think I he, know I agree. I don't. Think I just liked close. his performance so much more. And um, the Chris Pizza.
0: Yeah, I just don't even think he's close. But I did like him a lot in Nightmare I know, I know. Uh, sorry, something was going on here. Um, I know you didn't love it the movie, like I like. I liked it a lot. I think I did it like mid eighties. I liked it a lot. This is, I think, Guillermo del Toro like might get a nod for adapted screenplay. Oh yeah. Nom. So I think that's big. That's, that's possible. That's a loaded adapted. Like you have that, you got Dune, you got West side story. Like you have so like heavy hitters there. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. I just don't think that morale is big enough
1: here. Yeah. And then I think the only one that really pops up that's sticking out is house of Gucci. Uh, House there was future. a scare there
0: for a second with all the not I feel like that that that's lost some shows. steam. I think yeah. I feel like
1: enough people had said f that like online <laughs> for us to think like yeah this doesn't have a shot like no, people can't take this seriously and I think with the re the the release of the last duel on hbo max there's more attention being brought to the last duel enough where people are like yeah this is way better than house of gucci i think people recognize that now that more eyeballs are able to see the last duel i've seen some like conversations on twitter about it not to a substantial amount but uh house of gucci just has the star power it feels like if people magazine was voting for the oscars house of gucci be on there for sure
0: yeah definitely there but again there was a second where we were scared or
1: at least i was right uh, any other movies stick out that might get nominated here, Ricky Flex, that we missed? No. Like, I saw some people trying
0: to say No Time to Die.
1: Oh, a- hell no. Yeah.
0: And so I was like, no, I don't think Come On, Come On, A24 movie, I don't think that will get it. So, I, yeah, I think we're good here. I honestly think we have it down pat. Yeah.
1: All right. There we go. Those are your best picture contenders from the drive-in podcast. Belfast, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, Dune, King Richard, Don't Look Up, Be in the Ricardos, Coda, Tick, Tick, Boom. That's going to do it for our best picture contenders uh, for the Oscars this year. Tune in next week. We'll find out what the actual contenders are, and we'll see if they line up with our predictions. All right. Ricky Flicks, let's now move on to our top billing draft of the Worst Movie Moms. All right, Ricky Flicks, do you have a coin to flip for this draft? Worst Movie Moms, as Ricky flips it, I'm going to call tails. Worst Movie Moms, inspired by Jesse Buckley and Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter, it is heads. Ricky Flicks has the choice of first or second pick in this draft. I'll go first. All right, Ricky Flicks wants the first pick in our movie draft. Just Ricky Flicks, you are now on the clock.
0: Okay. I don't really have like a 1-1, one, one, but I just wanted to go first because my board's short. I There's a lot of moms out there that I was thinking of, but did it warrant worse moms? I don't know. And I think some of mine don't. Uh, some of them I was thinking like, I just don't want them to be my mom. You know? So mm-hmm. I think for my first pick, I'm just going to go – so I was thinking about this movie. This is the first movie that came up to me: Alice and Janie and Itania.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: That was the that was the first one I thought of. She was awful. Like, hit her kid, forced her to do things that, like, like the not not fun related to figure skating. Dude, I did
1: not see this coming. Actually, this is a great first pick. Like. It's it definitely would have made the list. Um she, she yeah, literally
0: skated man. her so long that she peed she, and like didn't let her use the bathroom that she had to pee while skating. She used to hit her chain smoker to death. Like literally, like everything you don't want in a parent.
1: Tries to get to her work. kid sent to jail. She wears a yeah. wire at the end of the movie. Insane. So
0: it sounds like it wasn't on your board. That sucks. I know it's a great pick. I'm
1: gonna get unique. I'm gonna get crazy. You gotta got crazy with that first pick, Ricky Flex. I'm gonna get crazy. Good. <laughs> she sucks. She does suck. She does That's my suck. first one. All right. That's a great first pick. That didn't even cross my mind, but like, it Damn. Was, because like I did my research. I looked at a couple of lists. I didn't see that name on there. I did have some unique ones that I thought of, but house and Jane. I can't believe I didn't think of that one. That's perfect. Uh, All right. Other. So my first round pick here, let me scan my board. I'm going to go with the ET mom. I'm going with Mary Taylor. There is just no I, this is like there is just no parental supervision on these kids that are between the ages of five and sixteen. There is no one there the entire time. I think there's an extreme sense of neglect from this from, from this mother. Uh, you don't you, you rarely see your face the entire time. <laughs> And she basically is unaware that there is an extraterrestrial type of being in their home for the entire movie until the the feds show up in the front at the front step. Uh, This is not so I'm kind of went off the rails here. I didn't go with the prototypical one. Just like I don't think you did either. I'm gonna go with the E.T. mom, Mary Taylor.
0: Great pick. Steven Spielberg movie that, that, again, absent father or father issues. Obviously, they were divorced or whatever. They barely hinted that they hinted at that movie, but they didn't really touch upon it too much. That's probably the reason why she was such a bad mom because she was an emotional wreck.
1: Yeah, terrible. Just like, but they, they just like Drew Barrymore was what four or five in this movie. How much did you actually see the mom in Iraq with Drew Barrymore? Never. Fake
0: sick easily Never. with a lamp.
1: <laughs> Those kids, there's like we need someone to connect with. Our mom can't connect with us. Let's talk to this alien instead. Uh so now it's on to me. Second rounder. Let's kick it off. Um, I'll just do the, I'll do the obvious. Mrs. McAllister has got to be on here. I didn't want to do that for the second overall or first round pick, because this is what everyone thinks of. Exactly. Yes. Deep down. She loves her kid. We all recognize she loves her kid, but we can't ignore the fact she lost him twice. We can't <laughs> twice. like, like, it's like, it's like, yes, we remember like those intimate moments, but when it comes down to it, when it comes to the clutch plays, Miss McAllister cannot make them. She cannot make big make, make sure she can watch over her kids as they're going on major vacations on these major trips on airplanes where you have to look out for your kids. Most she is neglectful, just like Mary Taylor and ET. So uh, Mrs. McAllister, I apologize, but you're, you're making the, you're making the shit list.
0: Yeah. I think this is like the one that you said, like the one that you always think of, but Oh yeah. She, she does love him and everything. A lot of these people love their kids deep down inside. But doesn't mean they're a good mom. Like, come on now. So, right. good pick.
1: All right. So, your second round to Ricky Flex.
0: Okay. I'm going to continue to get crazy. And I like it. I like it. This one is more, it's kind of like McAllister, where it's like on the parents, not just the mom. But this one is the same. Yeah, it's the same thing, but to a greater extent. A lot because they purposely put their daughter in a castle.
1: Oh. With a dragon
0: in a castle that was like terrible. So I'm going Shrek, uh, in Shrek, the queen of Far Far Away, uh, like terrible, terrible mom.
1: Wow. So, and who was that Julie Andrews who plays the queen? Yes, Julie Andrews, who's no one dislikes, no one would have even thought to put Julie Andrews on a bad mom's list, but she's getting it for the queen of Far Far Away in Shrek. <laughs> That's an itch, That's a great pick, Ricky Flex. I like how we're getting crazy. I'll try and match your, uh, your chaos with my next pick. But you're up uh, to kick off the third round. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, my next pick. I think deep down, like on the surface, you're like, oh, this person is a great mom because we just party. Like we could just party at their house all the time with them home and could deal with the
1: cops if they came over okay. or
0: anything. But. You don't want your mom to be like a milf.
1: You don't want her seducing your dad, best friend. So
0: we're going stiff. mom, American pie. Yeah. We don't want, you don't, it's just embarrassing. So, and also technically not a good parent to coast underage drinking
1: events. Knowingly terrible parent, but Ricky flex, I just thought of something. Um, I'm not sure, I meant for, I got to combat you on a couple of, um, one thing here, like Shrek, you said the queen, but like, the king is just as much as part of that decision that's as what,
0: the queen. That's what I was trying to say with the McAllister thing. It's not just the mom's fault; it's also the dad's fault.
1: Ah, uh, I guess. Yeah.
0: I was kind of like waiting for you to pick. That's why I didn't. Pick and there's a lot of
1: rumors. There's a lot of rumors that Mr. McAllister. A lot of like theories, fan theories that Mr. McAllister is a part of the mob.
0: Yes, there are there are theories.
1: Plenty of theories like that. So I guess you did support that. Yes, you did cover your tracks there, Ricky Flex. I'll allow it. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Continue with your, uh, well, uh, you kind of, no, no, yeah.
0: You think still for his mom, you just wouldn't want your mom to be like that.
1: But I guess I'll follow that up with just the original Mrs. Robinson. I'll go Elaine Robinson as my third round pick because she basically has this relationship, but also prevents her daughter from having a relationship with the guy she's interested in because The mom is having a relationship with that person or used to have a relationship with that person. And I think that is uber messed up, uber messed up. And that is a sign of a terrible mom. And the mom basically like threatening and saying like, uh, she'll threatening a Dustin Hoffman's character, like touched her inappropriately or assaulted her. That is so messed up. Uh, I think this, I'll just take like the version that Mrs. Stifler is, uh i guess imitating with another yeah. robinson
0: right like definitely super's mom is trying to be like that's her inspiration is the graduate here just in a right. comedic they play,
1: way they play the damn song
0: yeah so no fantastic
1: pick yeah so i i just had to do that one because like that that story like i love the graduate as a movie it's one of my favorite classics like um and it's just to me it's really cringy that that they're trying to set it like the daughter is trying to have a relationship with Dustin Hoffman's character, and he's like so committed to being with her, he won't let it go. But he's had that relationship with his with her mom. Just so yeah. weird. Yeah. So weird. Very uh, weird. but I I like it. I don't know. It's a good movie. Uh, so that's my third round pick. Continuing. Oh man. Forget. Similar similar to Alice, Alice and Janie here. I'm gonna go Alice <laughs> Ward, Melissa Leo and the fighter. I feel like this is what people think. I feel like Alice and Janie for Aitani gets more attention for her role just because of recency bias. But Melissa Leo did it first. Let's not forget with as Mark Wahlberg's mother. Chain smoking, disrespected all of Mark Wahlberg's girlfriends that he brings around. He hates Amy Adams with a passion. Amy Adams sees right through her in a fantastic Amy Adams performance. And uh I was listening to a Tarantino interview on The Fighter. And one of the best parts of that movie are the castings and the way people in that movie just look like they're rough and tough and from like this like Worcester. Like I don't know, like outside Boston type of area, and I think she matches that perfectly, Melissa Leo. And I think people forget about her performance for some reason. I don't know. I just, people, I think people don't, like, yeah, remember Melissa Leo in general. Right? You ever get that feeling?
0: Yeah, because I think like Allison Janney is a, like a flashier, like flashier a- actress, like out there more, like in like the press i don't know like i just feel like her name's always thrown around versus like Melissa I, don't, I, I, I don't know if Isn't. it's
1: recency bias or something else i don't know but she has what a is, show she has that show with um on affairs right i had no idea but like mom i think it's mom is it oh is she's on so. that show
0: yeah, I, I whatever I so. but uh no this is a great pick this was on my board um i would have picked it if it got back to me
1: okay alice ward ward as the fighter ricky flex let's finish the fourth round here
0: Okay, I'm going to get crazy again. This might be controversial. Um, I think parents should lead by example and they should be good, like good models, like for you to follow. And Donna Sheridan and Mama Mia, who doesn't even oh, know oh, who her, oh. the father is to her kid, is a bad mom. That's, that's not good. leading by example. So that's who I'm going with. My- I feel
1: like people did not give her enough flack for that having three potential fathers. What do you think the kid feels? The kid doesn't know who their dad is because their mom's sleeping around with three yes. dudes at the same time. Like, that's pretty messed up. I feel like there's not enough flack being thrown her away. So Meryl Streep, I mean, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> great point. Great pick. Ricky Flex did not enter my uh, big board.
0: Man, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, like, I just wrote down, like, <laughs> the ones that I thought of, they could be weird like these, but then you get... This one, which I think is probably on your board. Um, I'm gonna go the water boy, that mom.
1: Wow, you're going Mrs. Boucher, Kathy I, Bates.
0: I, Kathy Bates, unbelievable actress, great performance here. I don't want to be eating an alligator and being like controlled the rest of my life when I'm like 30. Like
1: <laughs> she's taking away like potential opportunities and like successful yeah. op- like potential opportunities where your son's going to succeed and do well in life. And she's taking away those things. And uh it's very selfish of her. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that pick. It was on my big board. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to round up the draft here, I'm going to go um, Kim Basinger's character in 8 Mile. I'm going to go Stephanie. Oh, yeah. Like, she was taking Michael Shannon, the boyfriend's side, over B-Rabbit. Like, she didn't even care about B-Rabbit. She didn't care about B-Rabbit's kid. I think she was the epitome of a terrible mom. At no point in that movie is she likable. Even when she makes breakfast for him at the end, I'm still saying, screw you, Kim Basinger. I'm putting Stephanie as Mister Mrs. Irrelevant for this draft. That's a terrible mother.
0: <laughs> that didn't cross my mind. Great pick. And uh, Shannon, Michael Shannon character, just keeps coming back and just oh like, keeps God. bringing her in the trailer, and that's not right. Um, great, that's pick. <laughs> great pick. Great pick.
1: Yeah, and she she's like wants to be someone's sugar mama the entire time. And she basically tells B Rabbit that and, and like how that takes priority. And she's like, We well, got yeah, someone has to make money here. And B Rabbit's like, I'm I'm MM, you know, I'm gonna make so much money for us. Um uh honorable mentions Ricky Flex. What do you got?
0: Honestly, I don't have that much like much more. I do have like every single Disney mom, like Cinderella's stepmom.
1: Like, oh, yeah, the evil stepmother.
0: Yeah um sleeping it's in, the, it's
1: in the it's in the damn name
0: yeah uh sleeping beauty's mom just sends her to the woods
1: yeah like what That's crazy i haven't seen that movie in a while
0: yeah so yeah. and like you just name a disney movie probably a terrible mom in there
1: <laughs> which is so ironic because yeah. it's disney yeah like our, looking at our lists we're like okay stifler's mom oh yep. Yeah. let's let's put on let's put on sleeping beauty's mom on here <laughs> next to her that matches up perfectly um I want to. I'll throw out another name for you, Jade from The Hangover. Uh, oh. Just like her leaving her baby with like four drunk dudes, and with a basically, tiger. and her getting married to a stranger she met the night before, um, messed up, not good. And uh, yeah, she knows how to pick them with stew though. So I had her, and then I'll throw out another one while we're here. little uh, popular one that might get brought up, Lorraine Baines McFly, right? So oh, yeah. Back to the Future makes out with her son she doesn't know it but we also need to talk about this is i don't give her as much i won't give her as much hate but uh in the movie like she doesn't give george the time of day until he knocks biff out uh that's just like how high school is i guess a little bit where it's like you don't pay attention until they have that big moment and that's like most high school movies Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change the fact she was a jerk to him prior to that you know
0: she's a bad person a bad
1: mom she wasn't a bad mom at that point because she didn't yeah. have a kid yet. But I just yeah, she wasn't a don't mom. Respect her. You don't respect her. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So Jay. Jay, the Hangover. There. Uh, what else? A, a, any other ones? I thought of a lot of TV, like television.
0: So obviously, I'm not going to pick them here. But it got me thinking. Like, the, besides Allison Janney and Janie uh, and Kate McAllister, the next one I thought of was actually um Betty Draper from Mad Men.
1: Oh, she's terrible. If we did what, a January, like, January Jones.
0: Like God, she sucks.
1: Yeah, terrible. That, that's a whole. It's a whole another draft. Yeah, probably. we
0: could do that too.
1: Um, I also Blake Lively in the town.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Blake Lively in the town was my last one, but I, that's where I run out. I'm out of gas now. So, run, like Blake Lively in the town, it's like just ultimate scum of the earth. <laughs> kind of reminds me. Of what What made me think of her was when I was watching Lost Daughter, thinking of Dakota Johnson as the mother uh-huh. and i think uh, dakota johnson we didn't talk about she's good pretty good in that movie yeah like she's come a long way since 50 shades of gray
0: oh yeah did that um
1: her and jamie dorning with the glow up right now yeah go- oh yes yes oh want to go even deeper with this comparison let's let's add another Ooh. layer so we we had this year we have pattinson christian stewart yeah right we like their glow ups following twilight and now we're getting Dornan and Dakota Johnson, young favorites from Fifty Shades of Grey, finally their glow up. So Dornan's so, going
0: to be the next Superman, you're saying?
1: Yeah. Who says no? Me. I don't know. He's pretty good. We have exactly. to see Belfast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do have to see that.
1: Uh, so let me read the list one more time before we get on out of here. Ricky Flex has Allison Janey from I, Tonya, right? Margot Robbie's mother. We then have the queen of far, far away in Shrek as his second-round pick. Third-round pick, Stifler's mom from American Pie. Fourth-round pick, Donna Sheridan from Mama Mia. Meryl Streep, terrible mother. Fifth-rounder, Mrs. Boucher, Bobby Boucher's mother from the Waterboy, played by Kathy Bates. Dr. O has Mary Taylor from E.T. It's a debatable uh, first-round pick. I can't believe I did that. Second-round here, Mrs. McAllister from Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Didn't make the same mistake twice. Third rounder, Elaine Robinson from Mrs. Robinson. okay, The mistress from Mrs. Robinson. Fourth rounder, Alice Ward, played by Melissa Leo in The Fighter. And then fifth round, Stephanie B. Rabbit's mom from 8 Mile played by Kim Basinger. That's going to do it for our draft. Ricky Flex, any final thoughts before I send us off?
0: That was fun. That was fun. Thank you, Dr. Rowe. Next week, what we got?
1: Next week, we are we got our awards. Our awards. Right?
0: Drive in pod awards.
1: We got the drive in pod awards. Okay. We're going to have some very distinct categories for you. All right. Uh, get the laugh track ready. We, uh, maybe we'll have a special guest or two. We'll the see.
0: Oscars is one award show that is dwindling.
1: We got to have a name that's trending up. We need, a, we, need, we need a name for our awards.
0: Well, a lot of times, like you have the SAG awards, like, like acronyms, like TDI. Drive
1: in the Dipas, drive in pod awards, the us the dippas, the dipus, diapers the dipus, I don't know. The dipus, The, dipus. the
0: dipus. I don't know. We'll think of something. But <laughs> the words next.
1: The <type> sounds good. <laughs> but we gotta know they have to pronounce it like that, like diapers, but like from Boston, the dipus. Diapers. <laughs> okay. Uh make sure that you are following us on social media. We got Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the drive-in pod. Uh, YouTube, follow us at The Drive-In Podcast and subscribe. A couple clips every every week, uh, including reviews, including drafts. It'll be on there. Next, uh, we got to also make sure we shout out the blog, subscribe to the blog, driveinpod.com. Make sure you're listening through there. You can listen also on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Subscribe to the pod wherever you listen to your podcast. We are there. Make sure you uh, subscribe, as I said before, and rate us five stars. Leave a review. If it's a fire review, we'll make sure to leave it. Or, it's, or we'll, leave it, we'll uh, leave it on the podcast, and then we'll, uh, if it's hilarious, like we'll definitely post it, reshare it, screenshot it, the whole shebang. So that's going to do it for Episode 74 of the Drive-In Podcast. Until next time, we will smell you.